Hey everyone, this is Clinton doing the final edits for this episode. Yeah, so we are finally at the end of the season and this is episode 24. 24 is a nice number to end the things. Yeah, I, like, I really like it. It's a multiple of 2, 3, 4, 6. Yeah. But I thought for the final episode, I'd give you guys something that you are more likely to relate to and that is mental health. The person I'm speaking to today is Fiona Fusi. She's a model, an actor, and also runs an Instagram account advocating for good mental health called Late Night Thoughts Club. I reached out to Fiona because I wanted to know her thoughts on the importance of mental health as well as the importance of self-care. Now, we covered quite a bit of ground, so this is the kind of episode where you might want to sit down and take a couple of notes. But don't worry, the conversation was fun and enjoyable and before I knew it, an hour and a half had like blown past. So, hope you guys enjoy this conversation too. And also, thank you all for listening to But Then How podcast for the last year almost. Yes, I started in February 2021 and it's now December, almost the Christmas of December. So, yeah, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of mistakes were made here and there. But I think I've only gotten better and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be making new episodes of the podcast next year. But I want to hear from you guys. What do you guys want to hear on the podcast? Follow me on my Instagram, Twitter, or even join the Telegram group. It's all going to be in the show notes, so check that out. But once again, I'd really like to thank everyone. I wouldn't be making this podcast if there weren't any listeners. But you guys have stayed with me week after week. And so I want to continue to put out better quality episodes in the future. In the meantime, here's Fiona and her insights on self-care, or as she puts it, healing yourself. See you guys soon. Therefore, I reached out to you because I saw that um, not just on Late Night Thoughts Club, but also like your on your main, your main Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have been putting quite a lot of effort into, you know, trying to promote um, good mental health and uh, promote the well-being for your followers, mm-hmm. I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, mental health and like mindfulness, awareness, overall wellness, right? All of mm-hmm. these things are topics I think especially in Singapore we've kind of maybe not really focused on very much you know Mm. we maybe strive for a few other topics that seem you know that have more importance in our society but Mm. I feel like these are things that are overlooked but are so important as a, a culture as well as for our own growth and that's why I'm not so afraid to mention it it started first with my personal page but then it went over to, you know, my late night thoughts, which I started um, a few years ago, actually. It's been like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And then, yeah, yeah. And it just started as something that um, very organic uh, that I wanted to create, you know, and I'm also um, a night person. So I Mm. sleep really late and I'm always very active mentally at night. That's why, you know, hence late night thoughts. And then, it kind of leaked over into, you know, me wanting to create like a page or a brand or just to expand that to give that some sort of physical uh, place, I guess, or physical, tangible, something tangible for people as well. That's why I created Late Night Thoughts Club. Yeah. And also, you know, with some merchandise or some different like collaboration ideas, I want it to be a place where in the future is also something where I can maybe collaborate with artists or maybe other like mental health advocates or something like that. I feel like there is potential there, but it really did stem from my late night thoughts and how people really relate to that. And, um, you know, always, even when sometimes I'm like wondering, is this too personal or is this too dark or is this a bit sad? You know, and I think this is a place that people also are becoming more aware about because I think people always try to reflect the best on social media. Right. I mean, I think we've we're all very much aware of this now versus a few years ago. Right. That we're trying to be more authentic, more truthful. Um, So even if I feel a little bit like 
unsure about whether or not to post like a certain late night thoughts, I usually just go ahead. Yeah. But usually the response is always really good because I feel like people just don't talk about it enough Mm-mm. and not valuing mental health and kind of that time to grow and improve ourselves and talk about these things that are rarely talked about. Same as why, you know, you starting your podcast is so important yep. is because, you know, this leads to a lot of problems for ourselves mm-hmm. and for our society. If we're just kind of repressing and silencing these thoughts or feelings, right? Yeah, I really kind of related to this idea of late night thoughts club because like, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily sleep really late, but I yeah. totally understand like what exactly like you mean when you say, oh, late night mm. thoughts. Yeah, like like everyone has those, right? But yeah. um, like you said, we rarely share them. And mm. if we do, it's usually um, via like a very risky, like um, a long strings of text to like someone we trust uh, mm, who may not be, you know, like necessarily prepared to to um, handle all of that but I think it's really great that you are like putting it out there it's like hey you know like everyone you know has these thoughts everyone struggles with you know issues in their lives like you know everyone Mm -hmm. faces certain thoughts that might be like detrimental to their like mental health so like like why not just call out the elephant in the room right it's supposed to be normal it's supposed to be normal and like today like everyone's educated everyone has the internet why wouldn't we you know, all have like mental yeah. health struggles, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, and exactly. which, yeah, it makes me wonder like why it's so hard to normalize this conversation, like these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I find with Late Night Thoughts and Late Night Thoughts Club is that it can apply to everyone because technically late night is also subjective, right? So mm-hmm. someone for someone late night could be like midnight or 11 p.m. And for others, it might be 3 or 4 a.m. But either way, I feel like the nighttime is somewhat significant for us when it comes to like our introspection. And maybe a lot of people might feel alone at night, you know, when they're going to sleep, maybe alone, or they're feeling sad. Or, you know, I just find that that time is kind of significant for people to look inwards and to address maybe things that they are struggling with or mm. want to improve on, you know? So yeah, I'm glad that you feel that's the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I might share some stories and be a bit vulnerable because especially mm-hmm. particularly for this episode, I think it's, it's important yeah. to be vulnerable because yes. yeah, like one issue is that people don't really want to let their gut down and especially on social media, right? Mm. You mentioned like you always like, you know, teeter on this precipice, oh, should I post this? Like, do people, mm. you probably think like, do people think I'm needy or like, mm. uh, I'm just seeking attention, but it's great that the feedback is good. Like, what's the engagement yeah. like? Is it very high? Is it positive? Is it yeah, negative? it's very high. Always, whenever I get personal or whenever I'm sharing, you know, things I'm feeling, usually it's, it's things that I might be really thinking about and feeling for myself, but mm. I'm sharing it um, for myself. It's almost like, um, therapeutic for me, but also people identify with it because you'd be surprised by how many people are facing and feeling the exact same thing. And so, yeah, it's always positive and people like love when I share about it or even maybe give some like insight, um, some experiences. It's almost never negative. Yeah, yeah. it's good because... Um, it also allows us to, you know, accept that, you know, feeling sadness is normal, right? Mm. I don't think we should necessarily try to live a life where, you know, we are happy all the time. Yeah, that's impossible. It's not possible, right? And yeah, I think, um, you know, if there's no sadness, then we don't have like emo music, right? Which is then, that'd be a huge loss to everyone. Yeah. And I think it's a part of the human experience to have all these emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as a society, we've conditioned ourselves to favor certain emotions, you know, Mm -hmm. like a lot of people in the world have an issue with anger. A lot of people in the world have an issue with sadness, crying, you know, all of these things have been conditioned from many generations Mm -hmm. about what is to be expected of us, what is normal, what is good, right? Mm -hmm. So I think with mental health and with awareness, right, and with me sharing these late night thoughts is kind of bringing this forward 
to kind of address maybe like what is the issue here or like what is the root of why you know why we act the way we do or like i love to talk also about like childhood trauma or like mm-hmm. some sort of like wounding and healing because i think from an early age you know what happens to us is prevalent like through our whole life experience and we all experience it to some extent you know and again this is also like overlaps with my favorite topic in school which is psychology mm. i loved psychology just because it kind of explains i love things that can kind of explain and highlight reasons as to why we behave the way we behave you know yeah and yeah. and yeah so i think that even with anger for example right people think oh we shouldn't be angry we shouldn't we should contain it but actually there's so many healthy ways to show like every emotion mm-hmm. but it's just about learning the way maybe the best way for us you know yeah yeah definitely like i think when you read a book or you watch a show and you see a, like a character get angry or get sad you understand mm-hmm. very clearly why this person is sad or angry so i think we should really try to understand like what is the root of like this emotion and like is it does it make sense right it's really mm-hmm. important and like what you said about childhood trauma i had this episode i think about no not not a podcast episode but an episode in my life where mm-hmm. i felt really really hurt and i felt like i had very little self-worth and then i watched a video by anna akana Actually, like probably like 10 videos in a row or something. I probably just binged it all in one shot. But it was, she did encourage me to, or rather the, the audience to just really kind of think back at like, in uh, to our past, right? Like, was there a time in our childhood that we were neglected? Or is there a time that we mm-hmm. tried to bid for a certain kind of response mm-hmm. and we didn't get it? And therefore it affects the way we interact with people today, yes. right? Yeah, so yeah. like, you know, I'm not saying we should go and change this behavior like ASAP, but if you can, like, good for you. But knowing, yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's such a powerful first step, right? Exactly. So what I want to say is, first, first of all, is I'm proud of you for doing that because I think a lot of people don't actively seek a way to understand or to know. So the most important thing and the best thing you can do is that awareness, right? Is to is to have an interest and awareness in the topic. So that's great. But then second of all, it's learning about our individual experiences that shaped us. And a lot of maybe say our weaknesses are traceable to our childhood. So I have a firm belief in like childhood psychology in the developmental stage of our psychology because almost every single thing in our lives, the things that trigger us, the things that make us tick, the things that make us angry, the things that make us sad can be traced back to our childhood and can be traced to our two or mainly our two main caregivers in our lives. Mm. You know what I mean? That can be either a guardian or a parent, maybe even an older sibling, but so much is actually created in our childhood that a lot of us neglect or don't even bother looking back a lot of people think so what i am the way i am but actually it's our responsibility i believe it's our responsibility to keep improving ourselves to grow Hmm. and uh, it is not our parents responsibility or our siblings or a teacher's responsibility it's only our own to try to better ourselves for the future generation for the people around us for our kids you know it's kind of like breaking that abuse cycle or breaking that like pain cycle you know our parents only know the way to parent from their parents the same way we only know the way to parent from our parents but i don't believe i firmly disagree with the belief that oh we only learn from what we see and therefore we cannot change anything right i feel that that's so untrue there are Mm -hmm. so many ways that you can be active that you can learn and accept kind of like admit your own faults so then with that awareness, like you did, you know, like, like learning about it, you then can maybe do something about it, right? Maybe improve, maybe change. And to be honest, it's about making life better, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I had a friend who just like shared a thought that like went the complete, not the complete opposite direction, but it's like the dark side of this thing that she was like, because she started going for therapy and she was like, mm. 
oh man, like how can I ever have kids? I'm gonna mess up my kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but, to be honest, hmm. it's it's true. It's I, scary, I, right? I I actually kind of believe that not everyone should be parents. Mm-mm-mm. I I feel like although it is a human right to you know have children and all that, but I feel like not everybody is fit to be a parent because a lot of what we don't realize is that a lot of times we're only like conditioned from what we learn, right? But yeah. you're just kind of like I said, passing down that cycle mm. of unhealed emotions. Yeah. So I think although it can be scary, it's almost like we could link it to like climate change, right? Some people, the more they learn about climate change, they feel like they can't do anything. They think that we're fucked. We're yeah. beeped. <laughs> but um but with your friend, for your friend, I would say like actually it's the best thing she can do is to learn about this, mm. is to try now with her new knowledge from therapy, which I think mm. is great. I feel like everyone should go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has something to talk about, something to improve, you know? Um, but with that knowledge, that can be a tool for her to, you know, better the future, right? Yeah, if we yeah. were all, imagine everyone on this planet was self-aware. Mm. That then makes you aware of other people, you know? Being aware about yourself makes you aware of other people, makes you aware of how you are influencing or hurting other people. And therefore, imagine if a whole generation was suddenly kinder and better with their emotion and more understanding, more empathetic, more patient. I feel like that would change so many things in the world. Yeah, like to, you know, add on to your climate change analogy, right? It's like, we are all in this together, right? So like the faster... or the better you make yourself, the more you're able to show kindness and mm-hmm. empathy to the people around you, not necessarily your children, but they yeah. will have to think about it. Then, oh, okay, this is how like, we interact, right? Yeah, and then like mm-hmm. maybe they may, might pass that down to their children, right? So yeah. like everyone should, yeah, everyone should go to therapy. It's a chain reaction. Yeah, sure. yeah, like yeah. exactly like the analogy we use, if everything is like a ripple effect, mm-hmm. you know? And I think something that I really get frustrated by is even to this day, I do get a few followers or, you know, people who comment in my DMs saying that, you know, whenever I do share like world news in my Instagram stories, or I share about things that are happening around the world to people, to less privileged, whatever, right? I like to share about different like causes, different movements. And some people, they do come to me and kind of like try to talk down at me and say, why are you caring about something happening around the world? You're not even from there. You don't even live there, you know? And I was thinking, we are all connected. Like the ripple effect that I just told you, if one country changes drastically, you don't just think that's just an isolated part of the world. Nowadays, we're global. Everything affects everything else. We have the internet, you know? We, We basically, we're feeding off, like we said, rippling off everybody, each other. And we're all in this together. So I do find that it is a collective responsibility. And that's something that I like to always share with my late night thoughts and on late night thoughts club is that we are all connected. We're all in this together. So we should all start caring about each other and ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the, like the listeners who are like interested, if you read a bit of like geopolitics and like economics, right? The world is so global, like even as like countries kind of like sink into like nationalism or like they do with their own internal conflicts, right? You see similar conflicts like spring up across the world because they yes. are seeing these social movements happen. And then therefore mm-hmm. they, they also start to think about like what they want to do. Yeah, but that's a slightly different topic. I want to talk a bit yeah. about the way we treat ourselves, right? Mm. One thing I wanted to say just now was before you learn how to be a parent to your kid, you better learn to be a parent to yourself, right? Agree. Yeah, right, right. Good it's point. Like, and I think for people of my personality, like one issue we have is that we are really, really hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we are, we are like unduly strict and like uh, we blame ourselves mm-hmm. for everything. But mm. one of the lessons that I learned was like to, you know, just really think of yourself as your best friend, right? You will not talk to your best friend and say, oh my goodness, you're useless. Like, just give up. Like, don't bother. Like, why do you even bother? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so goes, like, you telling yourself that and then you probably tell your kids that, right? So mm-hmm. that's very, very, like, yeah. it's a very, very dangerous thing. And yeah, yes. so... 100%. Yeah. So that's so important because self-talk, right? Your mm. inner thoughts will then be the way you speak to yourself. Mm. And I think that's so true with what you said about speaking to yourself 
better, right? Showing you more compassion. And I think that one practice that actually, when I was going through a bit of like a hard time and I was very doubtful or very, you know, um, hard on myself, like you said, what I'd like to do is when I talk to myself, the way you talk to your best friend is to look in the mirror and do it. Mm. So you look at yourself, you look at yourself in the eye and you cannot avoid it. You know, you have to just tell yourself all these basically positive affirmations, right. About Mm. yourself until you believe it. And honestly, when I was struggling, when I was going through a hard time and I did this as a practice for myself and for my mental health, when I did this, I would cry. You know, I would be looking at myself in the mirror and trying to tell myself that I'm a good person and I deserve all the good things in the world. And I'd be crying, you know, because obviously we need to hear that. But we were so hard on ourselves. You know, we, we give ourselves such unrealistic expectations. And um, I, I'm also a perfectionist, so I know how mm. that feels. And I think it's important. I, am, I think it's important to let it out and to do it for yourself. Yeah, I definitely yeah. get it. Do you think that these kind of self-affirmations might be more difficult in an Asian context? Mm, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Because I think that like how we said that we kind of reflect what we've been taught and what we see, right? Yeah. And I think as an Asian culture, this could be a bit of a generalization, but yeah, just yeah, a as a whole, you know, we tend not to be so expressive with our words, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure you know about how Asian mothers tell their kids that they love them. They'll they maybe say, I love you less than, you know, the more open cultures, but yeah. maybe they'll yeah. do it in like, Chibalama, you know, like, have you mm-hmm. eaten? Um, uh, are you cold? You know, wear, wear more layers, that kind of thing. Cut but I think, yeah, cut fruit, hey, eat, 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 eat you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think it's still important to learn how to talk to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to express yourself. I think a healthy relationship with yourself and the people near you and the people you love is to be able to express that love and care. And I think it starts with yourself, right? It starts with being able to say that to yourself, then for you to be able to feel comfortable to share that and tell other people how much they mean to you. Or maybe if you're not so good with words, maybe showing it, but I still think words hold a certain power. You know, the the words you say in your mind, the words you say out of your mouth, they do have a power. Yeah, I just want to shout out to like all the listeners right now, right? Think about the first time, right? You had to write your resume. And how terrible and awkward oh. that was, right? Yeah. But look where your resume is right now. So yeah, I believe in all of you. You just need to try flexing that muscle of positive affirmation. And then you just have to keep doing it. And you have to keep doing it. Think about how your friends and family will do it for you. And it becomes a whole lot easier. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, that's such a good thing, you know, like when people ask you, okay, what do you love about yourself or what's the best thing about you? I always find it is a bit of a a tough situation to have to, you know, kind of speak about yourself like highly. I think a lot of us find that hard. We almost feel, I think also as an Asian culture, I'm sure like your listeners, you know, they'll probably understand how that whole humble, is it humble brag? Or like not humble humble brag, but we just feel like the need to be humble that we then don't want to like inflate ourselves too much. But it's nice to, (laughs) even if you can't do it yourself, if you like ask your friends, hey, what do you think? What do you like about me? Yeah, I think even that is something nice to hear sometimes, you know, I think no matter how close you are, I feel like we should share more about what we like about (laughs) each other, (laughs) right? Yeah, because like you might know that like what's good about yourself on paper, but you need to believe yeah. it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, that, and hearing so it from harder. people, yeah, mm. and hearing it from people that you value and trust is also so important, which is why actually on our topic about mental health, you know, reaching out to friends, mm-hmm. reaching out to people who you trust, having that like trusted circle is so important because you have a support system. And whether you're, you know, struggling, whether there's something that is on your mind, sharing that will actually make you feel better as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had a couple of posts recently, like that you recommended like several habits that mm. you know, we should practice, you know, for better mental health. And yeah, so positive mm-hmm. affirmation was like one of them. Yeah. Why don't you talk about exercise and the benefits of exercise? Yeah. I see you, well, I see you, you seem to love exercise, so... 
Yeah, I mean, I do love exercise. Actually, as much as it is good for our physical self, right? Mm -hmm. But actually, there's so many mental and emotional benefits. And I feel like now, as a collective world, a lot of us, let's just say, a lot of us, I think, are becoming more aware of the benefits of exercise. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're getting more aware about, like, health, and, you know, nutrition and diet, you know, sleep, all of that. But I think exercise in general also pushes yourself mentally. That's actually mm-hmm. what I find the best about exercise is I love setting myself goals when it comes to exercising, realistic goals, and then working towards them. And like the moment that you crush them, you know, and then you can set like higher goals and you see yeah. yourself improving. This is something that will leak into other parts of your life as well, you know? Like that's why people, that's why I can imagine people who get addicted to like running. And at first they can't even run like 2K, 2.4. <laughs> and yeah. then maybe they maybe they can run five and then they 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 push for 10, they do a half marathon, you know? It's it's essentially the same thing. It's mind over matter. Yeah, yeah. I was someone who never used to work out at all until mm-hmm. like I, I went to university and then I joined like a sports club. And uh, it was rough, like, seriously, it was rough, but like, I hung in there and I pushed myself. And I, I after I graduated, I tried in like a, an F45 class. Oh, like, yeah. So it, it was like, a, I mean, it's like a, a kind of like a trial thing, but and mm-hmm. I don't do it anymore. But I remember yeah. just this distinct feeling of like, you know, like, after like 20 minutes, you're just like totally exhausted. And then you, yeah. you're not sure whether you can carry on. But I remember mm-hmm. that feeling like of my, my training last time and I was like, wait, I've been here before. Like I can crush, I can totally do this. And yeah. just like that, right? I felt like my muscles loosen up. And like, I also felt like a lot more confident about like the whole thing. And then I just powered through the whole thing, right? And at the end of the workout, I was like less tired than like at my midpoint. So yeah. Yeah. And don't forget that with exercising, it also releases a ton of like endorphins mm-hmm. and, you know, like feel good hormones in your body. So that's yeah. why like you never regret a workout, you know, no yeah, matter well, how exhausted, exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. no matter how exhausted or like unwilling you are to start. But when you finish it, you know, you only feel good that you dedicated that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we talk about mental health, it's also so important to take breaks, right? Mm-hmm. To take care of ourselves. And um, a lot of us forget that mental and physical, emotional, right? All of this together is what makes a healthy person, right? We need to take care of all parts of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Like, I wouldn't say like, you know, working out is not a prerequisite to being happy, but the happiest version of yourself definitely works out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, And it's good. Yeah, it just makes you feel good. And I feel like with working out, there are so many parallels to real life, like so many kind of like analogies mm-hmm. because like I do F45, right? Oh, okay. And there's so many kind of like exercises where the most important time in the exercise is like the last few seconds, like the last few reps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the time when you feel like you're going to die. <laughs> That's kind of the moment when you need to push through and tell yourself, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. And when you do, trust me, the next time you do it, it'll be easier. You know, you're only going to improve. And I feel like that's exactly the same in real life. When you when you are put in these pressure cooker situations and you feel like, oh man, I got to give up. Like, how can I ever do this? This is too much, right? Yeah. But if you do and you anyway, you need to kind of like go through it. What is that quote? Uh, Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going, right? Yeah, can, it's yeah. that, it's yeah, that, can. it's when you push through and you go you go through these obstacles and these challenges and once you've done it you feel like that feeling of pride and happiness you know is kind of irreplaceable kind of like a workout and mm-hmm. not only that i feel like we're training our muscles not just physically but mentally as well in these challenges to then be able to do better or handle it better next time you know like because life is also just a series of challenges right so yeah, yeah, we're kind yeah, of like yeah. learning and adapting each time. Mm-mm. Yeah, and like one thing that's really re- very important is to breathe properly, right? Mm. If there's one thing that you can do when you're like going to die through a workout is to breathe properly. And yeah. if there's one that thing... That just made that... me breathe in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah because, because Everybody you know... take a deep breath right now with us. <sighs> <sighs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like, cause when you slow down to breathe properly, right? Like, I'm pretty sure you know, fix a switch somewhere in your brain that tells you, okay, like yes. you, I don't have to like ramp up the anxiety to like the max, right? And that actually improves your your emotional and your mental mental state and yes. allows yes. you to to step into a more flow state, like almost like yeah, step up to the challenge, yeah. Actually, yeah. breathing, it's great that you mentioned breathing because mm. that's something that so many people overlook. Mm. Breathing is like the w- number one thing we can't live without is yeah. oxygen. More than water and more than food and, and all of that, right? So I think that with breathing, not only is it for our physical, like when you were saying, when you work out, when you focus on the breath, suddenly it helps you to go further and mm. work harder, right? But actually, so many types of meditation for yeah. our mind, right, mm. for our mental health, also factor in breathing. So many yeah. things, even like yoga, which is very spiritual and has a flow, right? The One of the most important things is breath. So yeah. I think breath work actually really is so amazing for anxiety yeah. and for connecting your mind and body, for relaxing. It's just that break that you need. So I would also really recommend for mental health, besides like positive affirmations and exercise and um, what was the other one again that we just mentioned earlier? Um, Therapy, therapy, uh, positive affirmations, exercise. And also like for me, meditation, meditating. If you find it daunting or you don't know where to start, there's so many good guided meditations that kind of like lead you through it. Yeah. 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 You you know, there's this misconception about like meditation that, you know, it has to be this kind of like sit down in a room that it's like really, really quiet. And then like, you just have to like keep your eyes shut and then like you have to do this, you know, the sitting lotus pose or whatever you call that, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's not true because, you know, there are many methods of, uh, there are many things that people do that kind of like fill in for meditation. So one yeah. is like walks in nature, right? Mm. walks in nature like it, it's very very mm-hmm. straightforward it's like it's like oh you you know you just like enjoy the, enjoy the outdoors like you be very conscious about what and mindful about where you are and then like mm-hmm. you have like some quietness to yourself right yeah 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 so, exactly uh, it's really not that complicated a lot of people find it very complicated or very daunting right mm-hmm. they don't know where to start but actually it's, it's true like you said it's just about kind of clearing your mind and breathing in and, and even something as simple as just counting your breath and breathing in as deep as you can, you know, that's already a type of meditation yeah. and it, it does wonders for your mind and body. Yeah. You know, start with like 10 seconds and then like soon you find yourself at like five minutes, like no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Actually there's a really good book called, uh, it's very like straightforward. It's called eight minute meditation. Mm. And all it does is it basically like, you know, states the importance of like trying to do just eight minutes a day. Right. And if you start and you go with a timer and you just sit there and you just try to clear your mind, just breathe any thoughts that come in, just let them flow, you know, but you, you start with a few minutes and you, you keep extending until you reach eight minutes. And then from eight minutes, you find that you can easily do 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then that's how there's some people who can meditate easily for like 20 minutes or, Mm -hmm. you know, however long is because you really feel present. You feel very calm. You feel at ease and at peace when you meditate. So I do think it is really, really beneficial. And even like, okay, some another point I wanted to mention, sorry, is meditating for some people. They like to do it in the morning because it can mm. kind of start their day really peacefully. They feel like, you know, centered and ready for the day. But for someone like me who sleeps really late and maybe struggles a bit with sleep, <laughs> um, sleep has always been like kind of, very elusive for me. So I find meditating at night is really helpful. If you've had a really stressful day and you find that your mind cannot shut off, you keep thinking about work, you keep thinking about your problems and you try to meditate. And actually I sleep, the only time I fall asleep like instantly is when I'm meditating. (laughs) It helps, it helps. I have a yoga coach friend who would say like, you know, it's really important that you don't meditate when you're tired because like you fall asleep and then like you lose the focus, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but then again, it's for different, like that's why I kind of contrasted there. Sometimes it can help for like your different reasons. You know what I mean? Like meditating when you're trying to clear your mind is one thing, but for me, if I'm trying to sleep and clear my mind for sleep, Mm -hmm. meditating can help with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I, I did, 
kendo, which is this Japanese martial art. Uh, hmm. yeah. So it's like sword fighting, right? So there, yeah. there's there's two kinds of meditation that you can do, and like different dojos will will ask you to do depending on whatever they're used to, right? So the first yeah. one is they call it mokso, which is more of like um you know emptying your mind and just like contemplating your and being mindful right so it's just to yeah. empty your mind of like everything uh, right yeah. so that's good if you want to like relax and like de-stress after a long day uh, the other one which they call i think it's meso or something like that is meditation that forces you to focus on one thing so you mm. clear your mind except that one thing so this meditation is great for like if you're about to do something Maybe sleep. I'm not sure if it works for sleep, but if you're yeah. about to go for like a run or if you're about to, you know, like engage in a really, really a difficult task, like it's, it helps you really keep yourself in a zone. Yeah. So that you don't get like distracted and by like all the other like stimuli that's like bombarding your brain. Right. Correct. Yeah. There's so many ways to do it. There's like, even on YouTube, right. There's so many different guided meditations for like relaxation or for energizing, for focus. There's, it's, it's great for so many things. Yeah. Let's circle back to everyone should go for therapy. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I firmly believe everyone should go to therapy. You know why? Mm. Because even people who say, oh, I've got no problems. Like I, there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, I feel like that's the older generation speaking when they mm. assumed that the therapy was like a mental asylum and you only go if you have like a really big mental problem. But yeah. actually it's not. Therapy is trusting a professional who is trained with the right kind of advice and practice to help you to best kind of overcome the problems that you might be facing in your life. And they can be big problems, like pressing, urgent problems, or they can be like small, you know? And, and to be honest, I feel like in life, even when you don't have a problem to fix, there are still things in life which you know, you don't even realize could improve or that you could benefit from with therapy. But the downside is I think Singapore is really not equipped for therapy. I think mm -hmm. that in a lot of countries, they have become much more open and therapy has become so accessible there, both like in terms of, you know, more options, but also for the brights the cost of therapy but i think in singapore like even for me when i was trying to you know find a good therapy place i was trying to look at my options it is so difficult mm -hmm. i think singapore still has a long way to go when it comes to making therapy a kind of a, a good and easy option for people yeah you're absolutely right about singapore not being like equipped to you know help its five million citizens get adequate therapy like even if yeah. it's not everyone, because I mean, there could be a lot of like economic reasons. But if I'm not wrong, like one of them is that to be a licensed therapist, you have to have like a master's degree. And yeah. not everyone has, you know, the capability or the financial situation to be able to, you know, get a master's degree. So that cuts the supply of therapists, right? Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, but so I don't know. I think it. I think it stems from the education system mm -hmm. uh, being one of the biggest reasons as to why therapy is so inaccessible in Singapore because mm. I think from an early age, we have no importance. Like we have no understanding for how important therapy is. Honestly, like how often is the word therapy or like mental health mentioned from a young age in school? Probably not much at all. Right. Mm. And like all of these like high paying successful jobs are in the industries that we know of, like, you know, medicine, law, right? Engineering, yeah. all of these things. And we're so tough on our, our young when it comes to studying that there is so little time and energy and resources given to mental health, including yeah. therapy. And I think that's a big problem. That's why we have a higher rate, a higher number of people dying from suicide every year compared to COVID. But we don't talk about that. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? We, we, we kind of are not really helping, I think, when it comes to these topics. And I think from young, we're not valuing and priding people in topics like psychology or therapy. That's why people never aspire to be a psychologist or a therapist or, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, a, it's one big system, one big loop that kind of needs some changing. And even when it comes to adults 
who want to get help or want to find therapy, I find it extremely hard. I even have to talk to my friends and we're here trying to like, you know, recommend this one therapist that one friend said that one once tried because it's so hard. It's not like, oh yeah, we all have good therapists. It's so hard to, to find. And even when you Google, for example, you know, it's like, it's, it's really not spoken about as often as it should be. Yeah, it's, it's really, really very hard. Like, like you said, on a personal and also on a, an institutional level, we yeah. don't measure, you know, the, the metrics that would lead someone to better mental health, right? And yes. in fact, like through the whole like funnel, I, I'm, I'm sorry to use this word, but like through the whole funnel, like the only metric we measure is the suicide, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how are we, how are we supposed to improve if we don't, you know, take a step back and see like yeah. what are the stages or like what are the the things that happen in someone's mind or like their behavior that yes. that we can address before it's too late right yeah, yeah yeah and i don't know if this might be a little bit like you know of a dark topic to mention but i feel like it's worth mentioning yeah. but the fact that in this country if you fail to commit suicide and you are alive mm -hmm. you that's a crime that's yeah. considered a crime yeah. how is that how is that caring about mental health if you had been so distraught and so upset and, and I don't know, whatever led you to want to take your life, you know, it's almost like what, what that is teaching people is that if you want to commit suicide, you better do it right. Otherwise, if you get caught, you might, you know, go to jail or, or you might, you're a criminal because the system is not caring about your feelings and is not caring about the symptoms or the, the stages that led you to this stage. And I think that is so upsetting. It's so disappointing. What these people need is care. What they yeah. need is some medical attention and maybe, you know, a lot of therapy or whatever it is to help them get back to their lives. So I think that that is another thing that, you know, is very telling about the society. Well, I have a bit of good news because I think Singapore did remove criminalization of suicide really? a couple of years ago, I think, like, like oh quite my recent, God. Okay. 2019. I didn't hear about this. But you're still absolutely right in terms of like the system not really recognizing, you know, the, the importance of like the emotional and mental state of uh, people yeah. as they pass through, you know, the, the different stages of life and things like that, right? You, you know, the, the really scary part is it's, we are all going through like, COVID the pandemic, right? Yeah. So like, you know, we've gone through like lockdowns, we've gone through like maybe, you know, losing our jobs, uh, some rough times with our friends and family and things like that, right? So like, what is the huge shared trauma that we will all have that might manifest in 10, 20 years? Like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, look at the children yeah. whose development has drastically changed overnight because of COVID. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, imagine going to school and you, you can't even touch your friends. You can't even hug your friends. You can't even see their face. It's, I can't imagine like they're the people who have to study online and they can't even, you know, have that kind of culture when you, and that's like kind of your most important time, right? Is, is when you're schooling, when you're learning. Oh man, I'm both like optimistic by nature, but also so unsure about what the future holds. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that knowledge is power and we know that, you know, what we can do to, you know, help ourselves and also like yes. that we should, we should go seek help, like try to seek a therapist. There are many, you know, slightly more affordable options. I believe AWARE has one that's for women yeah, mm. and some nonprofits, yes. like they run like sessions as well. So like definitely go, you know, at least a few sessions in to try and understand like what's wrong with you like yeah. you wouldn't say that oh i don't have cancer like oh i don't have covid like you don't know you need to get it checked right yeah yeah i must say that over the few past few years because there's been more talk and more awareness about mental health that people are pooling together more resources for people who are in real need for therapy you know i find that there are places where you can go if there's in ever a need you know for therapy or for people who are experiencing some sort of domestic violence or you know any sort of issues i think that it is a little bit more accessible now but hopefully in the future you know it'll become a little bit or even more accessible just in general for people who maybe do not have as dire 
you know, needs, but would just like the support. Mm. So I'm optimistic and I'm always very proactive as well when it comes to mental health. So I think that we're at least on a better path and I'm excited to see what else we can come up with to help, you know, everyone yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. I struggle to use TikTok and I, I rarely go on it, but like I'm very heartened to see not just professionals, but also like people posting like positive affirmations or like, uh, you know, the benefits of going to therapy or like some frameworks mm -hmm. for you to understand your mental health and why you act out. And I'm like, oh man, like, like uh, these teenagers are, are doing like good work. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The like, next generation is even more woke. So I do, I do have hope, you know, in that sense. I think that the newer generation is kind of born into um, a bit more of like this understanding and awareness culture. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I hope that it just keeps growing. I want to see where we are in like 10 years, you know, hopefully there will be advancements across the world, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah, I think the one thing that I wanted to discuss with you to get your perspective is like the different kinds of mental health challenges that uh, men and women face, right? Yeah. Because I mean, society is still very gendered and yes. um, you know, the expectations for men and women are, are very high, but for different reasons. So like, yeah, I want yeah. to get your thoughts, like as a woman living today, like, do you see any like issues that affect women more strongly or, or affect you more deeply? Mm -hmm. So I do think that there is still quite a lot of internal misogyny mm. for a lot of women and in a lot of different countries, like in a lot of cultures. I think no matter how developed a country is, there's still quite a few, I guess, barriers or still quite a few ways that women, I feel, are held back. Um, and these are usually systematic. You know, mm. this comes with when a woman is pregnant, when, you know, working women, um, the fact that women, uh, there's not a lot of childcare support. And then of course, equal pay, you know, um, all of this over a lifetime is kind of imbalance between women and men, even though women are, when we are pregnant, when we give birth, we are also carrying on like the population, you know, <laughs> these are also men's children as much yeah. as, it, as it is women's children. So I do feel quite strongly for like women and um, kind of like the feminist viewpoint on how there's still some things we can do to kind of improve. And this obviously leaks, you know, and overlaps with mental health because when we feel like we can't get help, when we feel like we have to choose between um, our work and our child, you know, or when we feel like we don't have support, even something like when a lot of women in other countries, when they have their time of the month, yeah. they are not allowed to go to school. Mm -hmm. They don't even have the resources to excel. And when women are held back in education, you know, we, we also end up being put in kind of like a tough position. We might feel like we are never good enough to, to work. We can never excel. I feel like that's why I do also support AWARE. I feel like they're doing quite a lot for helping women's mental health and women who are struggling at home or in the workplace. I feel like, I don't know, it is a little bit gendered in a sense for like, you know, women, but mm. I wonder how it is for you as, you know, for men. Like, do you feel like it is quite different? Mm. Yeah, so, okay, one common thread is about like expectations, right? And I think yeah. I feel that women have it a bit harder because they are caught in the middle, right? Uh, they are yes. asked to be everything, right? So misogynists yeah. will say that, oh, you know, you should stay home, you should be the perfect wife, you should raise yeah. many children and things like that, right? Yeah. And more extreme feminists will say that, hey, you know, you should you know, seize control of your life. You should have like the absolute bomb career that you can have. You should, uh, you know, like you know, lead social movements. You should be Wonder Woman. You should defeat Thanos, right? Yeah, it, it's so hard mm -hmm. to self-actualize yeah. when people are asking you to self-actualize for all the women, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I find, I do find, I mean, not wanting to put men down. Yeah. I do find that women do have it slightly harder based on the fact that they are torn by yeah. two different directions. Yeah, yeah. On one hand, they're expected to be the perfect mother, the perfect wife, yeah. right? 
But then on the other hand, when we're in the workplace, we have to be like a man, yeah. you know, we have to be strong. And if we're assertive, we're not really liked in the workplace. We're considered moody or bossy or yeah. bitchy. You know, I think that it's so hard. You cannot, you know, we, we find it hard to kind of, but what if we want to be both? You know, sometimes a lot of us, I know a lot of friends and a lot of women who feel like we want to be able to do both, but maybe without so much of the unrealistic expectations of having to always be perfect and have it together. Mm. I think probably we have so many mental breakdowns because we feel like we're letting either our colleagues down or our boss down, or we're letting our parents or children down or spouse, you know? And that's why I feel like that kind of mental support if you have a partner or family or friends who are able to support you, that is so important. That's so helpful, right? Yeah. Maybe being able to do more, but at the same time, also take care of yourself. See, that's the thing, right? I think mm -hmm. a lot of women, we also struggle with mental health because we're so busy trying to do everything at home for our family and then at work, trying to excel and, and do people proud that a lot of us break down because where's our self? Where's mm. our self-care? Where's our me time? You know, mm. they're, they're probably burning the candle at both ends. They, at some point, they burn out. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And for men, right? <laughs> like we get pulled in like only one direction, right? And that's to be like the, I don't know, like the, the God emperor of the universe, right? You got to be manly. You got to earn like a, a trillion dollars a year, right? You got to have like all the women, right? And... I mean, basically, yeah, toxic masculinity, like in a nutshell, yes. right? Yeah, men yes. are held to uh, one very, very specific standard and they feel the sense of failure very deeply when they cannot yeah. achieve it because for men, like a lot of the self-worth is tied to achievement, right? And, yeah. Yeah, so much in the way that like for some women, uh, self-worth can be tied to your appearance, right? But I think for men mm -hmm. in many cultures, it's about like how good are you at like bringing home the what's the expression like bringing home the the dough the bread yeah the bread, yeah, the bread <laughs> the dough almost there right yeah, yeah and but the layer that makes it more i would say difficult is that men usually bottle things up right yes. they are not able or willing to share as much as maybe women share about their problems with each other and then Men are also terrible listeners, by the way. So, like, if your friend is telling you about, like, some, like, a ter like something bad that happened to them, right? Many, many men, they're going to go the engineer route of problem solving. Right? Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you, all right, like, okay, I see you have a problem here. So, what you need to do is this. And, like, you need to send this message. And you need to, uh, you know, sleep earlier. You need to drink more water. And that's helpful. But it's not what yeah. they need right now. Mm, exactly. Mm. I feel like because like you said, right, they have kind of been taught and conditioned with this kind of sense of toxic masculinity that it is even harder for them to show emotion in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. I find that women in general, there's obviously men who are very good at this, yeah. but in general, I feel like women are a little bit more in tune with their emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that is probably why they're better at expressing them. Obviously, everyone has a way to improve, okay? I'm not saying everyone's perfect, but I find that because men are also held to that unrealistic standard of being so macho and so alpha and so successful that they feel like if they cry or if they break down, they show that vulnerability, they feel like they're weak, right? Yeah. So I feel like the newer generation, I do see this across like maybe TikTok or even the fact that we're talking more about mental health. I feel like some men are becoming more aware of this, that it's okay to have sadness. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be scared. You know, like you don't need to always lash out when actually you're hurt and you're, you're scared, right? So, and a lot of these things were also, again, tied into childhood. Mm -hmm. Probably these men were taught from young that they should not cry, that crying is weak, yeah. that be a man, man up right? All of these things were taught for, to us. So I think it is so important to be there for the men in our lives, you know, to be like, bro, how are you feeling? Like, it's okay. Yeah. You can tell me, yeah. you know, like kind of being there to engage with men to kind of teach them that it's okay. You know, you don't need to 
kind of always be at that peak level, you know, the same way, like a lot of us girls and women, you know, we like to be there for our friends and stay, hey, how are you? Like, tell me about it. You know, you, you can rant to me about this, let it out. So I think we're not so different, mm. you know, men and women. We actually do have a lot of similarities when it comes to expressing ourselves and our mental needs, emotional needs, right? And I think as a society, we will benefit when, when both genders are more aware and both genders are more, are better at communicating, yeah. right? Better at expressing. So I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how our generation kind of like teaches and changes the, the future mm. when it comes to being more open because I want to be able to have more of these open conversations like we're having right now. Mm, yeah, you know, definitely. I think like one thing that younger people are a lot better at is like seeing people as, you know, individuals, right? That lead, you know, very different lives and they have very different contexts. And so the rules which many of us were asked or coerced into living were like, definitely don't mm -hmm. apply it. They don't, it doesn't make sense for you to put all these expectations onto them. and. It's so important for us to, you know, try to set free as many people as we can from these yeah. things that cause us pain, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It is actually the rules that we've been taught that kind of limit us. Yeah. You know what I mean? There comes a sense of freedom when you feel like you're able to express who you are and be able to speak your truth and share your emotion. So I feel like that is something that if we all can reach that stage or at least grow to be more accepting of all these feelings and emotions, you know, it will only better our whole life experience and also our relationships with people. Mm. So I feel like there's only things to gain when you take care and kind of improve your mental health and the tools that you can use in your everyday life as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. That was great. That was great. Yeah. Was that good? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I mean, this is just personal coming from me, but like I really relearned really in like the last two years. Like it's so important to like take care of yourself. And then like once you take care of yes. yourself, you really see that you're ready to go out and like do good things for the world, right? If you're mm -hmm. not in a good mental state, then it's very hard for you to give relationship advice. It's very hard for you to be a good listening year it's very hard for you to you know even if you want to be a like a super employee or like a, i don't know i don't know you know like doing all your hustles and things like that so yeah yeah on a personal note like you're sharing for me i also find it hard personally to be my best self when i feel like i haven't given myself time to process things mm -hmm. if i feel like i haven't really given myself that me time i tend to like lash out at people like i get impatient People who are the closest to me, they know that I have a tiny bit of a temper sometimes. So when I'm feeling, you know, when I have all these repressed feelings and I haven't dealt with them, everyone else around us suffers as well. So, hmm. yeah. yeah. One of the things that uh, my yoga coach friend said that well, one thing she does with her husband is she goes to him and then, or he goes to her and then they have like a, can I be a child with, for five minutes? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. So they express their problems like the same way a child would express, right? And then yeah. the listener can give, uh, you know, like advice, to, the way they would give advice a child like dealing with these issues. And it allows that's them to good. be more vulnerable. Like it's almost like it helps to protect yeah. their adult, like a professional uh, yeah. self. But at the same time, it yeah. allows them to receive a kindness that they might have been deprived of like in the environment yeah, no. and in the childhood yeah exactly so th again this is relating back to childhood right yeah. is that we all have that inner child mm. no matter how old we get and that inner child has needs and a lot of times not every single need was met mm -hmm. right and so when when we can kind of think for our inner child or a lot of people now you know when when our parents can't give it to us we end up needing to be a parent to our own inner child. Yeah, yeah. And that's, it's, it's difficult, but you know, it, it's quite enlightening, I think. And that's actually a great thing. I didn't, I didn't know that other people kind of like, that's a good, that's a good relationship tip actually, mm. is to meet each other like you would if you were like two kids. 
you know, and you kind of don't have that barrier, mm -hmm. right? Like adults, we have all this like tension and like you said, expectation and all this. Yeah, like we're still trying to impress each other, like between yeah. our friends and our loved ones. Like we still want uh -huh. to come off as, you know, great, fantastic, perfect, right? But like, that's not okay, how it yeah. works. That's not how it works. We, we have to love each other for all our flaws and like all our weaknesses, right? That's a good one. So like... Okay, I just want you to think of like the average, like maybe Singaporean, because it's a Singaporean podcast. Say it's a guy and then his name is Kiwi. What would you say to him to help him in his pursuit of like better mental health? Okay. Yeah. Well, since this is about mental health, right? Yeah. So I would probably tell him that Kiwi, <laughs> it's okay to feel all the spectrum of emotions and you should free yourself of all those expectations that you feel from society or from your parents you feel like you have to always have it together and when you can be there for yourself and kind of like deconstruct this again toxic masculinity or maybe like what makes someone masculine right is actually that empathy understanding support vulnerability all of these things have just as much strength as the the traditional definition of strength which is like physical and mm. and and anger and and dominance assertiveness you know that there's so many things to be felt but you should reach out to people reach out to your friend this guy's got your back he's doing a special shout out <laughs> <laughs> um, you know life is not that scary and that everything will be okay in the end thanks so much for that so for me, to the, all the female listeners who might be yeah, tuning into this episode or this podcast for the very first time, you know, it, it's okay to be who you are, right? There are 3.5 billion women. We shouldn't expect any of you to be the same. Like if you want to pursue a certain path, do your best to go as far as you can and maybe reach out to people who've been there before. You know, there are many women who've struggled without all the, the support systems that we have today who are more than willing to, you know, uh, give, uh, offer a hand, give a word of advice. And at the same time, you know, surround yourself with people who support you no matter what you do. And you don't have to be perfect at everything at the same time. You can, you know, live many lives, right? You can do one thing, you can be fulfilled, and then you can <laughs> chase, an chase another goal another time down the road, right? So, you know, don't beat yourself up for lost opportunities, so-called lost opportunities, because it's never too late to start, right? And it's never too late to heal yourself and be the best woman you can be. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like we should be able to apply both of our messages that were intended for a man and a woman yeah. to both genders. Exactly, exactly. Because actually with, with mental health, there is no gender. Yeah. So all of the above applies and all it leads to is a better self and a better, happier life. Yeah. Heal the world, make it a better place, right? Yes. Heal yourself and you heal the world Yeah. yeah. because we all have that responsibility. Yeah. We're all on the same spaceship. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been almost a year since I started this podcast and this is the final episode of the season. So I'm really, really relieved. <laughs> I can take a break like Fiona said taking a break right so so today I had Fiona Fusi with me on But Then How and we talked about the difficulty of normalizing mental health issues talk about good habits to improve our mental health the importance of you know getting professional help and also like some mental health issues specific to men and women right so please follow Fiona on her Instagrams two accounts yeah, so at Late Night Thoughts Club and also her main at Fiona Fusi. So the links are going to be in the show notes. If you haven't already, please follow me on Instagram uh, at BTHPodSG uh, and Twitter at BTHPodcastSG. Look for our dark blue logo. And also join the growing group of listeners on our Telegram channel so you can share your thoughts because I love getting feedback and comments from you all. And also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if your device allows, set it to auto-download so you can listen to this episode the moment it comes out. I also do occasional live streams on Telegram, so join the channel to, so you can talk a bit more about each episode. So don't you dare miss out on that. So I'd really like to thank Fiona for coming on to this final episode of But Then How Podcast. So Fiona, do you have any final words for our listeners? Just thank you for having me on this podcast today. And thank you, everyone who is listening. 
And I hope that we continue to be a part of each other's mental health journey and to keep speaking up about these important issues. So thank you. Yeah, right. Heal yourself, heal the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Heal yourself, heal the world. Okay, thanks, Fiona. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Yes. Merry Christmas and have a good break, everyone. Okay. okay, yes, that's, Good. A, that's a wrap. Okay, I want to take a, a quick uh, photo like on my phone for like story or something. Is that okay? Yes, of course. Yes, uh, man, yeah, I should get a route it, but it's it's fine. Yeah, it's just like a like a like a casual cash cash one. Are you doing one as well? Yeah, it'd be funny if like the two of us were doing okay, it at the same true, time. Okay, true, true, agree. Amazing. Okay, nice. Nice. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Let me, I'm going to do one just for, for fun. Like, it's just going to be a boomerang, okay? So that I can just see which one is better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a boomerang. I don't know how to do boomerangs. Oh, no. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay, ready? Okay, okay three, two, one. Okay, nice. Okay. Thank you so much.